0: this podcast is for entertainment purposes only the hosts are not trained professionals and their opinions come from personal experience not professional training in this episode we discuss fictional depictions of trauma and violence that may not be suitable for all listeners so please take care of yourselves specific content warnings for each episode can be found in the show notes events in the media are discussed in approximate order of escalation this episode contains spoilers the second installment of the Old Kingdom. Lyriel is waiting for her clear abilities to awaken while she grapples with being different from her relatives. Meanwhile, Prince Samoth is struggling with his own family's expectations and a growing realization that he does not want to deal with the dead. In this episode, we are following Lyriel across both Lyriel and Aborsan. Hey everybody, welcome to Books That Burn. I'm Nicole. And I'm Robin. And today we are talking about... So today is kind of a, a deviation from our... Standard setup. Uh, this series um, has five books, but two of them are really just halves of the same story. Specifically, Lyriel and Aborsen. They have essentially all the same characters. They're one continuous plotline, and within each character, there isn't really like a lot of variation or change from one book to the other. And so, it was very difficult for us to kind of separate them out into two stories, and also. Uh, the two books kind of together have really two main characters, and so this week and next week, or this episode and next episode, um, we are going to be talking about both books, but from the perspective of each of our two main characters. So, so this episode we are starting with Liriel, and we're going to kind of get her two uh, points of trauma. Um, and then next episode, we'll talk about Sam. We've got Lyriel,
1: who is... Um, okay, we, we have Lyriel, who's our main character. Then we have Sam and Elamir, who are Touchstone and Sabriel's children. We also have Touchstone and Sabriel. We have the Disreputable Dog. We have Mogget making a repeat appearance. We have the Claire, and a lot more detail on them this time. Then we Mm -hmm. have a new baddie named Uranus. We have Sam's friend, Nick. Sam is from Anselsteer. We have the Southerling refugees. They are from somewhere not in Anselsteer, but on the Anselsteerian side of the wall. It's just, they're from a different country. Um, And then we have Hedge and we have Clore of the Mask. Hedge and Clore are both necromancers. Okay. Our minor character
0: spotlight. You ready for this? So, our minor... Go ahead. Our minor character spotlight. <laughs> okay, I didn't,
1: I didn't know if I was going to
0: keep monologuing. Anyway. <laughs> you so, just introduce him and then we'll...
1: Okay. Alright, so our minor character spotlight. Our minor character is Mr. Cochrane, Sam's
0: cricket uh, coach. And yeah. So he's only really in... All very knowledge. All of my knowledge about cricket is from these books. By the way, oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> for the so, record, uh, full disclosure: all of my knowledge about cricket is from a combination of this books and then a Monster Factory episode or two episodes by the McElroy brothers.
1: Yay!
0: Where they play a video game based off of <laughs> this game. Luckily, uh, this is
1: not, a, not an episode about cricket. Yeah,
0: no, we are not discussing the sport here in any way, shape, or form. No. But uh, Mr. Cochrane is Sam's coach. Um, so they go on a bus. They're trying to go back to school. So they won the game. They started they won won the emotional Oh, yeah, they won high. the game. They're like, yeah, we did it
1: yeah i think and it's then, like the last
0: game of the season too like oh yeah it was it's like the last game of deal. sam's school career and he's like yes we did it and it's yeah. great and then they get attacked well well their bus driver is bribed and takes them close to the wall and then okay. they are attacked by dead hands
1: yeah, well, the bus breaks down because they got close to the wall. Bus driver ditches. Yeah. <laughs> and then the soldiers show up because they're not supposed to be near the wall.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and poor Mr. Cochrane, because he's just like, nah, I'm in charge. You can't order me around. These are my kids, and I'm in charge of them. And then the perimeter soldier says, get them going now, sir, or I'll shoot you where you stand. Mr. Cochrane's uh, day goes down from there. <laughs> Very rapidly. <sighs> oh. I'm just going to run through kind of what happens to him, because it's kind of this, like... We talk about things in terms of order of escalation, and this story is just, like... It's just continually getting worse and worse and it worse It just ramps for
0: up for him in about, what, 20 pages or less?
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, 30 page, 19 pages. 19 pages. Yeah, 191 to 220, in case you want to read this lovely little section on what happens to Mr. Cochrane for yourself. Um, so they so first they have to start walking away from the, away from the perimeter and away from the wall. Uh, the soldier, uh, is like, the boys are kind of like going along with it. And in this instance, they are all boys. Uh, They're kind of going along with it. Um,
0: Sam These. is the only one that knows anything is is going on at all. Oh yeah, So Sam everybody is else like, is like, "Oh, the bus broke down. This is a fun adventure. Ooh, soldiers. Ooh, guns." Like, oh,
1: we have, we have to carry our cricket bats and stumps. Yeah. Yay! Or I mean, we had to carry our gear anyway. What? Okay. Uh, and then Sam starts sensing dead things, and the perimeter soldier has the charter mark, and so I don't know if he senses it or if he just believes Sam. No, I think just he just the believes perimeter. Sam.
0: Because yeah, he knows just, Sam's
1: mom is the abortion. Yeah, um, so the but, soldier can't sense it, but Sam right. can, and the, and the soldier's
0: like, get out of here. And there's um, this moment where, like, the perimeter guard and Sam are taking everything deadly seriously. But Mr. Cochrane is basically like, look, first the army is taking away my authority over my kids and whatever we're doing. And then my own student is giving the army orders this isn't uh, okay and i hate this
1: this is not how hierarchy works
0: yeah like um, i am in charge and you are my pupil and why are you giving orders to the people that took away my power to, like there's this whole like almost power struggle but that power struggle does never really happen because or it gets decided has very quickly well no, no no not even because of that just because a zombie shows up a dead hand Oops. shows up and it's kind of like oh, wait, actually, I don't care as much about being in charge anymore, because I'm terrified. <laughs> yeah, well, so they're attacked by the dead, and and Sam is like, hey,
1: so when they get close, uh, hammer cricket stumps through their arms and legs. I still don't know what a cricket stump is, other than that hmm, the sport has spikes in it, and that's very convenient. Um, so the oh. hammer cricket stumps through the arms and legs, or Sam tells them, do that if you need to. I'm going to go do magic now.
0: Uh, and then he goes into death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then we're going to kind of jump past. Sam has yeah. this whole thing in death. But yeah, Mr. Yeah. Cochrane, no, just talking about Cochrane. Yeah. Um, so this whole time, he's losing more and more of his his authority and his power. Um, and his sense of reality and his sense of yeah and like everything that he knows and is solid in life is being slowly stripped away his sense of purpose in the moment his sense of what is going on and who is where and what and then the dead come back to life and attack him yeah and everything in his world is just flipped and then when they have to
1: charge the dead um, they have to run at them and attack them and try and kill them and actually do yeah. the thing that Sam said to do before he ran off. We have uh, Cochrane, he's like, do this. And Cochrane merely nodded dumbly, staring at the approaching dead hands. Sorry, I like, <laughs> I, like I love all these quotes. They're so uh, good. And then I, I was noticing it again in this reread. I hadn't really paid much attention to it before looking at this for this book. We have... Uh, description that Cochran, when they do the charge, Cochrane runs down the hill like perpendicular to everyone else. Oh, yeah. And he I just, think that he means just leaves. away from the dead, but it doesn't quite
0: say that. Yeah. Well, the dead are surrounding them at this point, so it's like right, he so probably he didn't succeed, alone. but he definitely tried to just He tried to leave, He, he tried to just run away. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then he's found
1: wandering in the woods. believe it's let me get to the page. I believe it's days later. Sorry if this yeah. sounds so glib. It's just these books are so dark that this is like a weirdly comedic thing from a this was not our life perspective.
0: Um, well, and, and also so we just have, kind of as like a coping me- method perspective, we both tend to kind of go there. But yeah, so this is a really, is a really dark, tragic thing. So Cochrane, so he um, runs down but it the hill. it is very funny that he's just kind of like, oh no. All right, kids, I was in charge and I hated giving that up, but bye. Well, he <laughs> like, doesn't it's, even say anything. He just runs down no, the hill. In he's the just wrong like, direction. okay, just kidding. I don't want to fight the zombies. I will see you later. And he just leaves. <laughs> so then we have uh, Nick's. Le- the next time we hear
1: what happened to him is in Nick's letter, where it's just like half a paragraph. It is, it is half a paragraph in Nick's letter. Um,. He, and because Nick is saying, you know, you know, being at my school won't be the same without you, or our fellow student who died. And then we have, or even Cochrane. They found him five miles away the next morning, apparently, gibbering and frothing. And I expect he's locked up in Smith's Special Hospital by now. Should have been done years ago, of course. So we don't know for sure that he's locked up in the mental hospital, and that is probably the only good thing in here. But given that the author decided to put that in, I think we can safely assume that that is probably what happened to him. So for the rest of this discussion, we're going to assume that the end point for Mr. Cochrane is that he's put into a mental institution.
0: And also, for the the sake of, I guess, benefit of the doubt for the author, because we don't actually know, we're going to assume that that's because, well, not even benefit of the doubt, because this author very clearly sets up that people on... Um, both sides Anselstere. of the wall, yeah, yeah people people on <laughs> um they know that that magic across the wall is a thing.
1: Well, so... No, depends. Well, people it depends. Hold about- on,
0: hold on. Mm-hmm. In this area, in this zone by the wall, okay. they do. And so it is, m- it is far more likely that the implication there is not someone said the word zombie and got locked away and more that he literally just can't handle reality anymore yeah um
1: well also sam's school is far enough away from the wall that the wind has to be blowing just right for him to maybe feel any magic when but they any still of the know when he's at the school they still so, know yeah but if mr cochrane goes to a school that's at that very far away and then maybe he doesn't like live near it. I'm just saying that he could easily, like, be from some other part of the country, not have worried about the weirdness going on 30 miles away. Oh, 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 oh. I, right, I thought I'm you saying, were
0: saying, like, the place that found him. Yeah, no, that makes no, sense. No, I'm saying that there's no reason for Mr.
1: Cochrane to have ever thought about magic a day in his life. Like, even, yeah. even with Nick, like, referring to Sam's charter mark as, like, a way to know that someone is of your particular religion... like that made me laugh very hard yeah so there is no reason to think that mr cochrane had you know it because if it it, because like the school wasn't like oh sam's a prince he was just like a rich kid at the school probably from mr cochrane's perspective so his whole world is just turned upside down and he just, he, he can't, he can't handle it. Um, and this would have been a lot to handle. We're not saying, oh, no, we're not, saying, for like, not being able to handle it.
0: No, but no, 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 no. Like, but this is just not at all. It, it's, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's a lot. And it, it really honestly kind of breaks him in his sense of reality. Yeah. And that's, that's really what he goes through. And and this is not something that happens slowly over time. Not, we have 19 this whole pages scene... And then a one-page follow-up. Yeah, like, th- this whole scene was probably less than an hour, honestly. Oh, um, yeah. There's a For, lot of his detailed life, yeah. description, but, like, this is not a long, drawn-out battle or anything. Like, this was over and done very quickly. With There were multiple waves of it, but the event was not this L- very long passage of time at all. Um yeah. and so his entire world kind of shattered and his whole sense of self and sense of reality was kind of shattered in probably less than an hour. Yeah. And that's that's too much. Too much for him to handle. Alright. So in this week's episode we are talking about Lyrial specifically, both the book and the character, and then a little bit in the book of Borson, but you know mostly lyriel so uh first thing that we're talking about with lyriel is her there's a a moment in in this book where she looks back into the past and looks back to see um when her mom and dad met and and when when she was conceived essentially yeah She makes the choice not to continue the vision until the actual Oh, yeah. No, she doesn't, like, actually watch them do anything. But she sees them talking and meeting and hears kind of who they are to each other. And this was pretty traumatic for her because it's not what she was expecting. To properly
1: get the counterpoint, I'm going to first talk about, like, kind of what she thought it was going to be. And then what it turned out to be. Because Mm -hmm. I think that... That shift is pretty important, and uh, uh, it, it was it was funny when you're like, ah, oh, what what even is there? What it what is it that she thought was missing? And I'm like, oh yeah, romantic. She thought it
0: would be more romantic than it was, and you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, that, Ro- that romance is not my not my thing. Yeah. Uh, so, um, all
1: right. So she. She never... First of all, she thought of them as like her parents, like they were some sort of a unit, like they had a relationship. You know, the kind of thing you might think went into someone's conception was hopefully the people involved caring about and liking each other. And uh, so she she like, her her mantra, and we're going to talk about uh, the first, focusing more on the beginning of it, but her, her mantra every day is uh, no mother, no father, no sight. And no sight we're going to leave behind for our next section. Mm-hmm. But on the no mother, no father, like, this question is like two parts of a thing she says to herself
0: a yeah. lot because like she wakes up and says this and then goes about her day
1: yeah and it sounds like she might go she might say it to herself more often but thankfully uh, the author did not pile that upon us because no mother no father no sight every three pages <laughs>
0: would have lot. been pretty <clears throat>
1: rough um uh says you know it it was like wearing a toothache with her tongue. It hurt, but she couldn't leave it alone. The wound was part of her now. So part of her conception of herself mm-hmm. is that she does not have parents. And she lists them, like, separately, like, no mother, no father, because many of the Claire don't know who they're, like, their fathers are recorded, but they don't play an active part in their lives in any way. Mm-hmm. Um they don't live at the glacier, so it would have been perfectly normal for her to have no for her to have mother and absent father, but not knowing the parentage at all, not having that sense of identity, and then also not having her mother there and having her yeah. have just died when Lyrial was four. oh yeah, she died when Lyriel was four, and they found out via like a messenger. Or yeah. be a, a some some message that was sent saying <laughs> that she had died um, so she doesn't she knows who her mother is, and that she died, but not why she just dropped Lyriel off at the glacier and then left again um, Is there anything else you wanted to say about the setup? Because um, I'm, I'm fine mainly being the one to talk about this section, because for me, no, like, I, I mean, really felt, like, the setup and then the turn, and I don't know
0: if you felt that as much. I mean, it really is a kind of a gut punch. Yeah. Um, she, she very much, like, there. well, there's this expectation, there's this thought that, like, you know, well... And, and, I don't, and am, we I don't have my parents, <clears throat> but at least they had this story. What's that Right, story? like, I didn't have them, but at least they had each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's kind of one of those. Um, and then she, you know, she finds out that actually, um, her parents had each other for literally, like, a few hours. Yeah. Her mom had a vision that she was going to exist and went out and found the father. Yeah. And... That, that was it then she was
1: done and it is, it is less <clears throat> romantic than I slept with this person because the app told me to it is
0: yeah it's less <laughs> it was less than that it was like yeah. you need to exist therefore um yeah and and that was that was that was a lot and it, it really it really hit really hard to kind of the only piece of an identity really that she had clung to at all mm-hmm. Um, and fortunately, by this point in the book, um, she had more things to kind of hold on to. But like, imagine yeah. if if she had gotten this revelation or seen this vision when back that was still her when mantra. she had nothing else, that would have been yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Uh. But yeah. So she spends her whole life thinking. And, like, trying to figure out, like, how her parents got together. And then it turns out not only – yeah, not only was it just one night, but it was her her mother traveling. It, the way it was put was, you know, to sleep with someone old enough to be my father. That's paraphrasing. I haven't looked at the exact quote. <coughs> um, and so we sh- we should mention at this point – that Lirial is Sabriel's half-sister and that the person that her mother slept with was Sabriel's father, like, in the year that he died. Mm -hmm. Possibly in the month that he died. But definitely within the year. By it happening in this way, Lirial doesn't... She doesn't get her parents' story, and when she does, it is disappointing. And she also... Alright, this is going to lead a little bit into the next thing, so I'll, I'll leave it for our next topic, but I do want to pick up yeah. the thread of her, her feeling alone while surrounded by family, and then not yeah. knowing about the family that could actually relate to her until much later. <laughs> I do want to pick up that thread, but we can go ahead and move on to the next section.
0: So, piggybacking off of our last topic, because these two are pretty entwined, um... So Luriel really, 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 really just felt alone and abandoned and ostracized. And and the, the important thing here is that this was not, or an important thing, I think, is that this was not done to her deliberately. Um, mm-hmm. She was very much, even in, like, uh, when she's living with the Claire, who are quite literally all her family, right. to some rel- relativistic degree or another, I mean, even she meets Philrus, who's like her great grandmother or something. Yeah, like they're they're literally, and they're they're all family. They're all family the same way that like the king and the abortion and and the Claire Claire are are all related at some level. But like it's not it's not to the point of incest, right? Um, but it is very much a giant hundred thousand clan. Group that are all a family giant clan group. Um, and the Claire don't even really realize or understand that she doesn't feel like she's a part of them because to her or to them, she is. She's just part of the family. <clears throat> she's part of the family who's still a child or she's part of the family who just hasn't received their sight yet or she's part of the family who just works in the library at some point or she's part of the, just one of the other kids running around or like she's they think that they've included her but what they don't understand is that the one defining characteristic of the Claire the above all else is the site and she doesn't have it and she even the so passage into separate.
1: adulthood is organized around the site yeah and so they're like we so don't she- care about age you right. care about when you get the site and she's like right you don't care about my age you don't <laughs> care that i still don't have the sight."
0: yeah yeah and then it doesn't help that we are explicitly told so the claire have a very um distinctive look and so do the abortions the claire mm-hmm. are brown skinned with i think blue Gold eyes hair. and blonde hair um,
1: Definitely blonde hair.
0: I think, I think the eyes. It might have been light thing, eyes. Like it might have been light eyes. Yeah, like blue, gray, lots, green. Yeah, blue, gray, um, green. That sort of a thing. But the abortions are pale, almost, like almost deathly pale. haha <laughs> um, well, they're, they're pale <clears> and then they're more pale and they're the first black time they go haired, into death. They're black haired and dark brown eyes. So when you think, like, coloration wise, That is a striking opposite. And probably because of her kind of abortion inheritance, as far as like the the charters are concerned, Lyriel does not look like a Claire. She looks like an abortion. But when but she's but no one ever says
1: to her, hey, no one no. ever says to her,
0: "Hey, you look like this other part of our family." No, no. Well, and the Claire don't even know that. They don't even know that that's part of her heritage for most for a good good chunk of the beginning of this book. And yeah. so she's just this deathly pale, black-haired, dark-eyed child in a sea of dark brown skin, blonde-haired, light eyes family. mm mm-hmm. Mhm and so there's this very striking like she looks at herself figuratively and literally and says i am not part of them and they don't care yeah and and so there's and so the bringing this to kind of our topic here she actually gets um for a good portion of of her childhood a good five at least years and we kind of get the impression even from like the beginning of the book when she's 14 that this is not this is not the beginning of this <laughs> um it's just the first time when we see it in her where she is she is very definitely suicidal um yeah in the book itself she has at least one explicitly um told suicide attempt um She doesn't get as far as, like, carrying anything out, but she was planning and going, and it was going to happen. Um, And and there's just this... The thing that really that really drives her to it is that that loneliness, that separation, that feeling of like, I can't even be a real Claire, I can't even be a proper Claire. And that's all I have. That's all I am. And if I can't even be this thing that I am, then I might as well stop existing. It's oh, not worth so it anymore.
1: I found the age gap. So it so says she'd have to sit at a table with girls three or even four years younger. So basically, it sounds like she's nine a- or 10 is yeah. the most common age to get
0: the sight. Yeah. So she's like 14, With some people at nine. <laughs> she's 14 yeah. surrounded by nine year olds in the same clothing as them, eating the same food, following their mm. rules, watching the grown ups that are 11 and 12 over off with everybody else like and being a teen stuck at the kids table
1: is a very weird feeling even without all the rest (laughs) of that other baggage yeah but she has that on like a massive daily scale and not like just once a year at holidays or something
0: right and it, it is so bad that she um we see, like, even in the beginning of the book, there's there's examples of her, and, and it's narrated this way, too. It's not just shown, it's told as well. Um, she doesn't even eat with family. She goes down and eats with the people that come to visit. Oh, yeah. Because then they won't look at her and see that she's different. Because everyone's different. Um, And she, she eats oh, in her rooms instead I, of with I, the group.
1: I and, feel like, like since we brought that up, it is lot. important to discuss how... On this day, this 14th birthday day, where she goes down and eats with the visitors, a visitor offers to show her around oh, because yeah. he thinks it's her first time at the glacier and asks if her parents trade there a lot.
0: Yep, because she is a little child and he also doesn't think of her as a Claire because she doesn't look like it.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, she's 14, so she doesn't yeah, look yeah. like a Claire. This is true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,. But, yeah, she, she gets to the point of, of, of suicide. Um, yeah. And then... Let's head into that. After, after that, so she, it does it does kind of, I don't know, get better a little bit. Um, yeah. After that, she gets a job in the library, uh, which gives her a sense of, of purpose and of doing something that she desperately needed. Um, she also makes a friend in The Disreputable Dog. Literally Um, makes. Literally makes. She creates the dog's physical form. But then also the dog is not a charter sending or anything like that. The dog is a real active living creature, living being. Um, That's an ontologically
1: separate entity way older than her that just happened to come in and inhabit the sending that she made or attempted to make.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um... But she, but she has a friend now. Yeah. Um, and she talks to the dog all the time. It's her constant companion. Um, and there's a very stark difference in the book. And it's outlined very, very explicitly multiple times. She is so well known for not ever speaking ever to another Claire. Because she just doesn't. She just doesn't want to talk to them. And everything in their lives and everything they want to talk about has to do with the site and she doesn't have it and so she just doesn't talk to them um and there's even there's even things like uh there's a, a joke you know kind of christmas present but it was a good present for her where they actually gave her for or, i'm sorry not christmas for her birthday uh one year they give her a slate like a chalkboard and some and some chalk to write on <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that she didn't have to talk, which honestly is kind of a thoughtful present. <laughs> yeah. Um, like the Claire definitely include her and want her to be included and care about her. And, and she, she has no idea. Um, and, but she, she makes this friend. She has a sense of purpose. She kind of discovers and starts learning more about charter magic. And that gives her a sense of something to do and something to be, um, and she's good at it, so it's it's not something that she looks at and goes, "Well, I'm inadequate at this." Also, like, no, it's it's something that she's better at than a lot she's, of the Claire. But and but
1: there's a feeling of being really good at the wrong thing.
0: Oh yeah, but it's but it's not that she's bad at all of the things she's tried, which is it, it could have gone that direction too if she yeah. wasn't if she wasn't good at this. But she she found those things that she's good at, and yeah. but then through even through all of that. Um, in the book they very specifically mentioned the fact that oh you know i haven't even thought about suicide in a couple months now or a couple of years or this is getting less frequent like it didn't go away yeah and it's i think i don't not, know if we it's just not everything she has anymore
1: <laughs> i don't know if we specifically like talked about why we're doing all this framing the reason we're doing all this framing is because she has consistent suicidal ideation To the point where when she was 14, after that visitor um, thinks that she isn't even a Claire, she goes up to she goes up onto the ice on this outside place and uh, wants to kill herself and then accidentally gets locked outside and gets panicked and realizes that, oh, no, I'm going to die because like she she wanted to not exist, but I don't know if she wanted to die right then because death in a universe where death is literally not the end if there's a necromancer around. Um, it's she definitely she definitely didn't want to exist, but she hadn't thought about the implications until she was out on the ice.
0: It's really not funny, but I definitely laughed uh because there's this there's this like I'm going to die this is my plan I'm just going to go out there and I'm not going to exist and it's going to be great and then the door locks and she goes oh no that thing that I'm planning for might happen <laughs> and then she also has kind of this like i say romantic in terms of like uh,
1: colorful She's romanticizing it. Yeah, she's romanticizing the idea of her dying because she's yeah. like, "Oh, I'll be covered, covered in snow. I'll look like I'm in the white robes of the Claire, and It'll it be won't so be pretty. until yeah, it, I'll yeah. look like one of the Claire for the last time. If I'm my body is all covered in snow and they have to unfreeze me in order to figure out <laughs> who I am," uh, yeah. which
0: feels very fourteen. Oh my god. <sighs> unfortunately Um, worried about the aesthetic of dying (laughs) um there's also some implications later too that like maybe part of what influenced her um to be more in the suicidal route instead of the say running away route or the uh, Mm -hmm. self-harming route is is really her death sense because she can always sense death and so it's kind of in her head and she doesn't actually know that that's what that is yet. Um, and so it actually kind of makes sense from a narrative perspective that that would be the route that she would go mm-hmm. because it's right there and it's always there and she can always sense it. And she's always aware of it. And, and it's right there. And what if I could just do that? <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. um, and I, I personally think that that's a really smart narrative choice because it does kind of foreshadow a little bit, the fact that she is she is the abortion, and that's the line in her blood that is is going to kind of be in charge. Um, yeah. And I don't know. It's very dark. It's very sad. It's very, um, I mean, you know, not fun to live through, but narratively, narratively, but I, I think it makes sense. I also think it's important that it
1: wasn't like, oh getting the dog and being the library didn't magically fix everything. She didn't. No, no, no. I think narratively, it's important in terms of, like, the message. It's important both that she doesn't kill herself and that she doesn't stop feeling suicidal. Not like we want the character to suffer longer, but that, but it, but, but if if it had been the other way, if it had been as soon as she has this job, she's no longer worries about this at all, ever. It would feel like it wasn't, it felt disingenuous. I yeah, it felt, like, not helpful and, and weird and distant. But this doesn't, because, um, I feel like I'm ready for the wrap-up. But be- because, <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't, it doesn't magically fix it. It literally doesn't magically fix it. Um yeah. And it gets, it gets better, but it's not, it's not gone. And so, she, as she starts to accept that she's never going to have this and she gets past the age where she could hope for it because she gets past the age that um Rael and her twin trying to remember anyway trying to get past Sanar yeah Sanar and Rael getting past the age that Sanar and Rael were when they got the sight which I believe was 16 Mm -hmm. um and she gets that gives her hope for a couple more years that she might get it when she's like 16 and then she doesn't but she's starting to accept it a little that yeah
0: it's a, it's and- it's a lot of times easier and this is definitely true in this in this book with this character it was easier for her to move on and do literally anything else with her life when she wasn't holding out hope for that thing um like the hope and then watching that hope not come to fruition was was not not she was not dealing well with that but then once she was past that and it was like oh well i can do this other thing and i'm not worthless and also i'm no longer waiting for that thing every day forever um, but she was still waiting started. for started oh she's I still it's still definitely in the back of her head but it wasn't this we d- we kind of get more of an impression uh, that it's no longer just this constant drumbeat of like oh sure sure and i someday, just day today will be the day and and she it, has something else to in that look for piece. And yeah. also, I just had the
1: thought that Senar and Rael, they got the same – when they were 16, and it was on her 17th birthday that she uh, had another, like, really severe bout with suicidal ideation.
0: Oh, yeah. So it was – yeah,
1: I don't think yeah. that's a coincidence. So oh, when no. she had passed the age where they got it, yeah, um, it was rough. But then by the time she's 19, it's
0: it's better. Welcome to our wrap-up session for this episode. <laughs> um, so, okay. So let's talk about our gratuity rating. Um, just as a reminder, backstory, off-screen, mild, moderate, severe, pornographic. Um, uh, torture porn. It's important to use the full phrase torture porn torture because porn.
1: just saying pornographic implies something entirely different.
0: Fair enough. Torture porn. Uh, right. um, so... Mr. Cochrane.
1: Uh, a, lo- a lot of it was
0: off-screeny.
1: Okay, I Almost feel like that's more of a point of view thing. It's on screen, it's just not his view. It's just not his screen. <laughs> it's just not his, yeah. So we're watching him. So I think it's... We're watching... Yeah, I think this one is moderate. Like, we don't get inside his head or anything. Right. But... But what's there is pretty rough.
0: I mean, we, yeah. (laughs) Like, I I think that that scene
1: is so entangled with, like, kids he's in charge of.
0: Right. And he's not really the focus of the scene
1: itself. Right. But the scene that he is in is somewhere between moderate and severe. I think moderate because we don't, there's no gore. There's, like...
0: yeah Yeah. if we were if we were looking at nick or sam it's severe but
1: yeah for his part of it it's moderate um
0: lirial and and her parents i mean okay so when we're looking at this we're not talking about the scene itself for this particular one we're looking at the trauma yeah um i would say i would say it's actually probably moderate also
1: yeah how it's depicted in the book
0: in yeah. her head. It's totally severe, but it's well, okay. Well, we're, we're talking about, yeah, we're talking the about the depiction. Yeah, so. it's moderate. Yeah. Um, we definitely get this implication that it is, it is definitely worse in her head, but, yeah. um, yeah. And then, yeah. Lyrial <laughs> and suicide. Uh, that's I- severe. Yeah. That is definitely severe. Uh depiction yeah. and topic all all severe. We get um, her litany like We just. get we get a lot of things that just yeah. up the ante on that. Yeah. Uh moving on to why this trauma? Is it integral to the plot, mm. interchangeable with something else, but they needed something or is it kind of irrelevant? Mr.
1: Cochrane, it is interchangeable. Didn't have to be him. Didn't have to be exactly that way. I
0: honestly feel like it's irrelevant. Irrelevant? Oh, ah, yeah. Mr. Cochran himself? Oh, that's true. Because we could just, we could kill that character figuratively, <laughs> literally. Could just uh-huh. remove him from the story, just cut him out, and nothing changes. <laughs> he could, he could have run away. <laughs> he when, is purely he, he background. Could even, he couldn't even he, have. He could have just never been named, and it would have been, have been He could have been the bribed. He could have been the bribed
1: bus driver, and they didn't have a coach, and he runs away. Yeah, or, like he rode the bus and couldn't
0: handle it. Like,
1: yep, it could have been any of that.
0: Yeah, he j- he literally didn't even have to be there. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I guess think us that's having, actually us having yeah, that's our first irrelevant. That's our first only irrelevant. We've had a couple that were interchangeable or irrelevant, depending on your yeah. your argument, but Yeah. You're right. He's totally irrelevant. It's it's not even text. Matter. <laughs> Uh it's, he's he's just perspective. It's just sprinkles of pain. It's just flavor text. <laughs> Poor <laughs> Mr. Cochrane. The um, pain pain ice shavings. Uh, an, ice, an ice cream cone of shame or pain. All right. right anyway, it's moving Lyrial. on. Lyri- to um, This, this... So Lyriel having this moment of this trauma, I actually think this was integral. You think... So... I think that she... I think it was incredibly important for the story that she... First off, it's how she found out she was an abortion. Mm-hmm. Which you could argue would make it interchangeable. Mm-hmm. But yes, also, that part of it's interchangeable. But also, like, you could have, she could have found out some other way. But also, but like she wouldn't have had a reason
1: to make the dog. She yep. wouldn't have had a reason to do yep. any of the stuff. It's a that's whole
0: identity thing that fueled her entire storyline, and this was the end of that identity thing. And you could do and something, think, but you'd be writing a different story. Yes, and I think that technically you could probably argue that that is also interchangeable. She could have something else that ended that story. She could have a letter from her mom, for example. Mm-hmm. But like. I think that the two interchangeable separate things put in together. Right. Jumps this up to integral.
1: Yeah. Because you'd have to, you can't change just one of them. You have to change both of them.
0: It would revamp a be- lot of the story if you wanted to yeah. not have that thing happen. All right. Uh, which and is weird because we have- it's such a short moment in the book. Yeah. Yeah and it's only up. her it's only for her but like yeah. it really does matter. Um, well, it's not only for her it's how she finds out she's related to Sabriel. It's how she finds I, out I meant more like she's yeah. the only one who experiences it. Okay, yeah. Um but yeah, like it's it's so tiny but I mean you kind of need it. Um and Liriel with with suicidal thoughts. This is also integral. <laughs> this is the plot point and the fuel again for really the first half of the book it it fuels everything because if if she hadn't had these moments she wouldn't even have been given her job as a librarian she wouldn't have practiced charter magic she wouldn't have been the dog like it fuels the rest of the story and and it also does a lot of foreshadowing there's a lot of things counterpoint go
1: i have a counterpoint okay so we have in canon, an mm-hmm. example of what it could have been interchanged with—we do. We literally have what it could have been interchanged with, Ooh, because which is what? the Claire, the Claire, erase her memory of exactly what happened, and give her a false memory of
0: what happened. And if that uh, had been what actually happened, if that had been what actually happened, then she wouldn't have had the opportunities that came from that moment they erased her memory but
1: if if they had like if she had just been like out i guess i no, guess because because if she had just been unhappy, outside, already they w- the
0: out ideation right 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 if she had just been outside they would have just told her to go back inside <laughs> instead she was struggling with all these things and so they gave her the library job yeah that would not okay. have happened otherwise because she would have best just been still a child <laughs> right right okay
1: I just wanted to try and see if it really was interchangeable. Since we get her, <laughs> nope <laughs> she she thinks literally that something different happened. So, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, also, like
0: we're not just talking about that one scene. We're talking about this true. thing that shaped every day of her life for. Because she wouldn't years. have been outside without it. Well, like, more than okay. that, she wouldn't have. She wouldn't have behaved and treated and acted the way she did. She wouldn't have isolated herself. She wouldn't have been mm-hmm. quiet with everybody. She wouldn't have. Yeah. She wouldn't have made the dog. She wouldn't have gone for a profession that isolates her intentionally. Like true. there's so much to this where it's like it's really it was really just an identity thing. For a long time. And you can't swap that out. Because she
1: wouldn't have had this experience to be good at the stuff in in abortion without this. Okay. Yep. All right.
0: Um, Was it treated with care, Mr. (laughs) Cochrane? No. No. But we kind of talked about this a little bit. Like, it wasn't, but also... Well, did we talk about that in the episode or in our pre... I
1: probably (laughs) think it was in a pre-discussion.
0: So, yeah. He's not
1: treated with care because it's more
0: i don't know there's so much there's there's so much stuff he feels like the laugh track it's like it's like he's the levity him I, i actually think it's the opposite yeah i don't think he's the laugh track i think he's the grounding in the horror okay and the boys are like this is just cricket well no, oh, no, no, but what? it's more that like in Sabriel, we have this, we're introduced to this whole world where the death and the dead and being in death and being with the dead and having zombies and having, you know, ghoul equivalents and things like that. It's just life. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty horrific. Yeah. Mr. Cochrane Sees is- Sees it for the first
1: time and can't handle it because it he, is so horrific. Yeah, he okay.
0: is the grounding in how horrible this is. Yeah. Um. And he's and he's really the only one because, like you said, like the other boys kind of taken in stride, and he does not. And and yeah. I think that that's, I think that that was intentional. Actually, probably, um, mm-hmm. at the setup. And I, I, when I say setup, I realize that this happens like almost two hundred pages in. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have had Lyrial mm-hmm. for a while, but as the setup of like the abortions and what they do and their world, um, I think it was important that we got the beginning of a new story we got a character who still doesn't treat this as matter of fact yeah i think that was important um so ironically enough i don't think this is integral i think it's interchangeable maybe but i don't think it was irrelevant because i think it was important for that setup oh you don't think it was irrelevant no you're changing your mind oh no i i definitely think i'm sorry whoa because we're Hold not up. talking about that. We're in the we're wrong about, category. We're talking about care, it was not treated. Yeah, yeah. With, It was not treated with care, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, we already said it was irrelevant. We already said it was uh, relevant. Yeah. Um. But he he definitely like. It wasn't treated with care, but I think that that was deliberate because I think it was supposed to remind the reader, like, hey, this is horrifying. This is not this is yeah. horrifying, and that's kind of what it is, and that's how it's built, and there's no real exception yeah. to this. Um, All right. uh, Now Now we have have parents. It's... I actually think this was treated with care. Yeah. Um, At no point as a reader did I feel like I was experiencing it. Yeah, it's artfully, deliberately
1: done. She has the final revelation at a point when she's able to handle it. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is important. Yes. And at a point where she's already met someone she's now related to
0: yep she's already kind of gotten family to replace that wait that no loss. she was
1: alone when she looked into the mirror
0: no but she, she did had sam she's, what
1: no because she was alone with the dog when she looked in the mirror because she looks into the mirror on that island and then sam floats by but but she doesn't realize who her father is
0: until oh, she's right, with right, sam right. So but she two does parts. still have the dog
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. I mean, but she she's was not literally alone. <laughs> but she still felt alone even when she had the dog when she true. was in, in, in the ice in the, in the glacier. But so, I still think it
0: was treated with. I still think it was treated with care.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But I just the point at which, like, there is this like middle where mm. she still. But by the time she realizes mm-hmm. the full implications, she's now surrounded by more closely related family. She now has her nephew. Right. Um, right. 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 So then her ideation,
0: I think, Uh, I think it was. I I think that I have to defer to you on this because I'm not sure. With the ideation? Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I think, I think it could be triggering for anyone who had a parallel
0: thing. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Like. yeah because i i am definitely more the runaway type instead of the suicide type if we're gonna so like me reading this i was like oh yeah that's very visceral imagery moving on yeah <laughs> like, no, <it> was, anyways <laughs> um, yeah
1: no it's i think it is treated again i have no i don't want to say and don't I have no generalize. idea of how much like how personal the author's experience is with this at all. Oh, um, okay. It feels, it, but it feels very, it feels very real. Um, mm. and so I don't think it was treated without care. But I think that when you have a first person view of someone with suicidal ideation,
0: that's no really hard to treat ca- with care, and and still make it. it was not,
1: it was a not thing. done it was not done callously and like i was saying like we find out what her ideation is and then after that we only get a couple of
0: references to the specific phrase like i think so for thinking no not enough enough or yes probably enough care i think enough yeah enough care given that this is the topic given that this
1: is the point of view Mm -hmm. it it had enough care um
0: Okay. Yeah. Point of view of the trauma. Uh point of view of the actual event and the aftermath for Mr. Cochrane Mr. are both Sam. Oh no, the aftermath I Nick. guess we get Nick. We and get during it letter. we get Nick too, because Sam runs off. Oh a true. Bit. Okay. So Nick for Nick for both. So yeah, not, Nick and, Nick not the Sam. victim, not the perpetrator, a third party. Yeah, Sam Sam and Nick
1: between the two of them because
0: yeah. But it's just a third party,
1: not his point of view. We don't know what he's thinking other than that he seems upset about this. Because we mostly have Sam watching him not react well. Yeah. And then Nick watching him not react well. And then Nick being very glib about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nick is just kind also, of like, ooh, costumes. But also, <laughs> it's important this? to remember that at that point,
1: Nick literally was unable to process the fact that they got attacked by dead people. Like True.
0: So, Nick's like, not exactly we don't, we don't a reliable
1: ex- narrator. <laughs> right. Nick is not a reliable narrator for this. So, Nick being glib, I don't think is an indication of callousness. I think it's more the first indication of things we're going to talk about with Nick next episode.
0: Fair enough. Uh, 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 Lirial's parents, point of view, trauma, and aftermath. We kind of just get Lirial twice. Oh, yeah. Totally Lirial.
1: Um, Um, I would argue that we get her mother, we get, with, with the point of view, I think that we could count within the point of view, um her we have her perspective on finding out what happened with her parents but also it's kind of unique and interesting that, that she got to watch her parents talk and meet i yeah. thought that was an interesting point of view choice even though it's not specifically the trauma right um i think yeah it's it's just her point of view because it's literally about her
0: yeah. and we're following her so that totally makes sense and same with her her suicidal thoughts. Yeah, Basically, we don't, we, we never get anyone her? else's
1: perspective on her ideation. Nope. Because they can't hear it and we <laughs> They're get not a lot of it. we get a lot of we get a lot of her thinking about how they don't care enough or aren't attentive enough. Yeah. But we don't really get them. The closest we get is Philris saying that she should have checked in on her earlier. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
0: Which isn't quite the same thing. Yep.
1: Alright, ready for the writer tip?
0: Yeah, so, aspiring writer tip. (sighs) Um.
1: (laughs) I don't know, I think, I think, even though we
0: classed classed Cochrane as irrelevant. That doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean that he should have been cut. No, 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 no. But just plot wise, plot wise, he didn't have
1: to be there. But I think it was good to include him. And for my aspiring writer tip, I would say, especially partway through, having something that reminds us just how crazy this all is, without yeah. it, without it being someone saying, "You know, this is crazy, right?" Because right,
0: like, there's so many more ways to do it than have a character be like, "What is going on, guys?" Like, right? There's, I think, yeah. the
1: combination. The combination of Nick literally being unable to understand what is going on, which we'll talk about more next book, and Cochrane, or next uh, episode, and Cochrane, as he gets it, <laughs> it's worse and worse and worse, because this is terrible. This would be awful. This would be yeah. so bad to stumble upon if it <laughs> yeah. wasn't already part of your life. Um. And I think having that that fresh perspective of someone coming in, not understanding, but not being
0: not a, not not, not being disbelieving. Just we,
1: we get we get soldiers who don't have the charter mark and don't know what's going on and make right. idiotic moves. We have like we get all sorts of interactions with people who don't know what's going on. But Cochrane's slow descent mm-hmm. into realizing as much as he is able to because we don't get his point of view so we don't know but just like anyway for aspiring writer tip having something come in from the side and remind us of yeah the, uh, of how weird the story world is especially in us i should say this is for a story that has a deliberate contrast between the weird magic stuff and not because if you're only in weird magic land, having someone go, you know it's weird that we can raise the dead, that does that that would <laughs> that wouldn't work.
0: But since <laughs> yeah, we have since we tough. have a world
1: where you can and a world where you can't, someone from the world where you can't being like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, why what, what, what
0: in yeah. a smart
1: way it works. And I
0: liked that um so so. tldr aspiring writer tip it's okay to ground (laughs) your world using background characters from other places yes yes thank you for turning that
1: into a tldr all
0: right (laughs) you're welcome all right um favorite thing positive thing non-traumatic thing about the book um
1: i think Uh, I just got to the end of this episode, and then I was like, why didn't we have one of our topics being the binding of the Stilken? (sighs) Dang it. Oh. Uh, unfortunately mm -hmm. not (laughs) non-traumatic. Okay, I like the Stilken. There's there's a lot of traumatic things to choose from, though. That's true, there's so many. Alright, so... uh, Alright, favorite non-traumatic thing about the book. Did you want to take the dog, or
0: should I? (laughs) uh it doesn't matter <laughs> did you have anything other than the dog yeah <laughs> okay
1: I will talk about the dog then because okay. I just I just have the dog
0: okay
1: uh favorite non-traumatic thing about the book the disreputable dog is great alright favorite non-traumatic thing about the book the disreputable dog because she just goes where she want does what she want and she's a dog and
0: and she uh, wants to be Lyriel's friend <laughs>
1: Yeah, she wants to be Lyriel's friend and go on walks and make other people go on walks, uh, and uh, <laughs> and and she just like Lyriel's trying to make a friend and trying to make like a puppy that's magical and can't go very far, and then she gets this full-grown dog who can have <laughs> octopus suckers on her paws. It's um, great. It's so good. The disreputable dog. Is amazing. One of the best things about this book. I could read so many books that are just the disreputable dog, like being somewhere with somebody doing stuff. Yeah. Um I I really hope. I haven't read Golden Hand yet, so I'm holding out hope that she's in Golden Hand. Don't tell me.
0: Don't okay. tell me if she is. I, want. I just
1: I, want. I I'm hoping. We'll see how this works. Everyone will find out in a few episodes whether or not I was right. <laughs> um, uh, well, just just put, to put this in perspective, until reading them for this thing, I had only read Cere- uh, Sabriel, Larial, and Aborsin. I had not read... I had not read Clarial, and I still haven't read Golden Hand. Uh, so I had not read... Uh, I had only read Sabriel, Lirial, and Aborsin. I had not read Clariel. I still haven't read Golden Hand. So I'm getting to discover that there are more books in this series after years and years of just rereading this trilogy. Like, once or twice a year. Um, No more Far Apart than every two years. I just, I love this series. And the dog is awesome. So it's like, I read Sabriel, I like Sabriel. And then I read Lirial, and the dog is amazing. And then... I read Aborison, and the dog is still amazing. So, anyway, I have high hopes for Golden Hand. I love the dog. Love the disreputable Dog.
0: So, my favorite non-traumatic thing in this book um, is... <laughs> honestly, I really like the little bit that we see of... And this kind of goes into... Um, I like the way the claire are described in general. Yeah. I like their their social structure. I like the way that they take care of each other. I like the there's even like subtle like hey, not everybody here is straight. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they just everything is suited treated- Oh. I don't know off the top of my head where uh, uh, there's the okay. I'll find it for you later. Uh, okay. I'll put it in the I'll put it in the episode description so that you guys don't listen to five minutes of me rifling through pages. <laughs> um, so if you're if you're looking for that, I'll put a chapter and like page thing to look for in the episode description. Uh, but yeah, they they there's just but it's not it's not like hinting. It's like nope, this is definitely a thing. Um, mm-hmm. but they just they just. They're, they're positive, and they're supportive of each other, and they, they're always described as, like, they have their things that they care about and their own, you know, hopes and dreams and goals. And Lyriel kind of sees them as, like, all about the site, but we, as a reader, definitely get more than that, and I just, I don't know. It's very, very rare to have in real life or in a book a description of a, a clan, so to speak— Mm-hmm. That all lives together and works together and, and without it being a negative thing or a traumatic thing or a culty thing. It's just, yeah. I like it. I think it's cool. <laughs> all music used in this podcast was created by me as Heartbeat Art Co. and is used with permission. You can follow us on Twitter at Books That Burn, all one word. Email us with questions, comments, or book re- recommendations at Books That Burn at Yahoo.com. Support us on patreon.com slash books that burn.
1: All patrons get access to our upcoming book list and receive a one-time shout out. Leave us an
0: iTunes review. This really helps people to find the show. And find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. The next episode is already in your feed.